We'll gather around children because it's time for scripture class. And today, because of a terrible mix-up in the roster, everyone's going to seek scripture today. The Sikh religion began in India, the Punjab, in the 15th century, which makes it one of the younger major world religions. There are 27 million Sikhs in the world and 27,000 in Australia. Surely that's not just coincidence. And a, a young Aussie Sikh is with us now to please explain the five Ks, the five Ks that make Sikhs so distinctive. Please explain. Hi, I'm Sanjeet Kaur. I'm Australian and I'm a Sikh. When a drop of water falls into the ocean, it still remains in its chemical properties, but also joins millions of other drops of water. So when a person becomes a Sikh, they remain unique. But instead of being one of many, a Sikh is one in many. And every Sikh can be identified in a particular way. Let me take you to the land of birth, my mother and my father. You remember how growing up you had a school uniform? The colours of the blazer and the badge were used to identify where you belonged. Well, it's just the same for people of the Sikh faith. But instead of colours and a blazer and a badge, we have the five Ks. The first K is the Kara. The Kara is a steel bangle and is a perfect circle. This symbolises the way in which the divine energy has no beginning or no end. We wear the kara on the wrist and it reminds us to always keep truth, strength and integrity. It emphasises the Sikh motto of Nirpal Nirvar, no fear and no hate. The kara is worn by children, men and women and symbolises a sense of unity amongst all. Sikhs have a duty to defend the weak and stand for justice of human rights. The second K is the Kirpan, which is a ceremonial sword. The Kirpan signifies a commitment to justice and is a symbol of religious freedom. The third K is the Kachera, which is basically a form of underwear with religious significance. The kachera was originally worn by Sikh soldiers in the time of war. It helped them move freely and be comfortable. It represents self-restraint, chastity and purity of moral character. So now we're on to the fourth kakar, which is about hair. Throughout history, hair has been regarded as a symbol of strength and holiness. Sikhs think of hair as a blessing and they keep kesh, which means not cutting their hair. This symbolises the adoption of a simple life. A Sikh's kesh is always covered, which is why you see so many Sikhs wearing turbans. It's like a uniform. It means we can always be recognised and stand out to help others in need. The longer your hair is, the more important it is to keep clean. So we use the fifth K, the Kanga. It's a wooden comb used for detangling the hair and keeping it neat. But it also reminds us to always be presentable. Be presentable 
like a soldier. Came the rest. Now we leave to make a name for ourselves in the West. The word Sikh means disciple or student. So a Sikh is someone who's learning and on a journey. Different people can be at different stages of their journey. Not all Sikhs will have every one of these five Ks as part of their external identity. What's important is to develop spiritually and be compassionate always. Sanjeet Kaur, a young Aussie Sikh on the five Ks, and you can see her and all of the five Ks of which she spoke in the video that's on our website. Just Google RN, God forbid. Up next, the best part of the show, Wits End, the God Forbid Quiz. Wits End. And this week, we have an ex-Anglican versus an ex-Muslim, both returning to fight holy war in our Trivial Pursuit version of the Clash of Civilizations. Now, question number one. Crusader, are you ready? That's you, Meredith. Oh, right. <laughs> you really have left the faith. Well, it's one of our worst periods, the Crusades. <laughs> uh, jihadist, your hand on the button. Yep, <laughs> loud and clear. <laughs> okay. What is happening here? Today at Bristol Cathedral, there was a sight to gladden the heart of any clergyman, people queuing up to get into church. I think it's the most historical event that's happened in England since the Reformation. The cathedral is taking precautions against any disruption, with vergers carrying walkie-talkie sets inside. With the message of the service as one of reconciliation on what's an historic day for the Church of England. Crusader, jihadist, what's happened? I suspect it's the uh, ordination of a woman bishop, is it? Close, but no cigar. Um, is it them finally deciding that Henry VIII shouldn't have killed all his wives? <laughs> now we have a winner. No, no, that's wrong. It, it's not the it's not the reburial of Richard the Third or what? Now you're getting cold. You had it close, but you were too advanced. It wasn't the ordination of bishops. Uh, Church of England ministers. Women ministers. Yes, uh, that's correct. The first ordination of women as priests in the Church of England. 32 women were ordained 23 years ago. It was the 12th of March, 1994, at Bristol Cathedral. Now, it wasn't a uh, thing that passed without controversy, of course. The Reverend Francis Bowne was there protesting. He carried a coffin outside the cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a mock funeral for the Church of England. Oh, God. <laughs> now, indeed, that's, that's the point he was making. Yeah. He said the 32 women who were ordained were not really priests at all. So what is being created today in Bristol Cathedral is not new priests. It is a new order of transvestites, women dressed up as priests. A new order of transvestites dressed up as priests. So that brings us to our bonus question for the crusader, Meredith Bergman. In your opinion, Reverend Francis Bowne is A, one of the great prophetic witnesses of God's will, or B, the greatest prophetic witness of God's will? <laughs> I'd say he... The, a or B, please. The, the low church tradition. Oh, the A. <laughs> okay, bonus question for Samir Shah, the jihadist. 400 Church of England priests converted to Catholicism after that ordination of women priests. They had lost faith in their Church of England. They became Catholics. But what about Reverend Francis Bowne, the man who says this is a new order of transvestites dressed up as priests? When he left the church, did he become A, 
a rabbi, B, a fashion critic, C, a televangelist, or D, a drag queen? Is there E, um, the editor-in-chief of Breitbart magazine? Uh, no. <laughs> it sounds like he's, he's exactly the kind of guy who on International Women's Day would be like, yeah, but why don't they have a men's day? If I could guess, I would say televangelist because that's usually the path of um, least intelligence slash resistance. Incorrect. And this is oh. true. A fashion critic. You can really? go there now. <laughs> Yeah, you can go there. Bounds Bespoke website reviews London's most uh, expensive gentlemen's tailors, offering, for example, a bespoke white tie and tails for six and a half thousand dollars, bespoke crocodile skin shoes for five and a half thousand dollars. He says a gentleman must have at least four umbrellas, including a five hundred dollar root knob umbrella. He says it's a statement to the world that you are English. There's, yeah. an, there's an umbrella called the root knob umbrella? Yeah, you know how normal umbrellas have the U-shaped handle? Mm-hmm. Well, the knob has a knob handle on it, and in the case of this gentleman, is held by a knob. All right. Well, look, he found what he's actually good at and he's doing it. Um, And he's probably not commentating on women and their lives anymore. Well, next question on Witsin. He is commentating on vulgarity. Of course he is. Francis Bound on the Bound's Bespoke website. He says nothing has done more to promote the vulgarization of our public spaces than what? Uh, Baba Alphand? You've got it. And we have a winner. Wow. Meredith, well done. I actually agree with him about mobile phones. People's um, behaviour with mobile phones in public is often extraordinary. Well, Francis Bowne agrees with you, but he puts it in rather different terminology. He calls it the portable telephone, and he says, it has proved deleterious to the appearance of many a gentleman. If a telephone must be carried, it should be carried discreetly and should only be used in an emergency, though I confess I do possess one of these machines in the glove box of my motor car in case the Royce declines to proceed. Is he a character that Stephen Fry plays in sketch comedy routines? Like, who speaks like that unless they're being scripted? Either Fry imitates him or he imitates Fry or I imitate them both. You don't, the trouble is it's chicken and egg. You never know where it begins. The, the, the final bit about the Rolls-Royce is actually a quote. It's oh, really? a quote about failure to proceed, yeah which was when the test Rolls-Royce broke down. They'd said it didn't break down, it failed to proceed. Oh. So actually that was an homage and you didn't pick it, James. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I was on my mobile <laughs> playing an app. Where do you keep your mobile, Meredith? In my bra. You do? Yes. It's do, where most what? women do, I think. Well, yeah. Wouldn't it get damaged when you burn it as a woman's liver? <laughs> I won't answer that. Uh, Sami, where do you keep yours? In my pocket, but I do agree with one thing, which is that I think it does ruin the look of your pants or the tailoring of your suit. And it really bothers me a great deal that this large rectangular block is there and is always quite visible no matter how well tailored your clothes are. Here we go. Modern apostates. uh, We have this pompous guy whinging about mobile phones and it turns out both members of the panel either think it ruins the hang of the suit or it is rude to put out in public spaces. Maybe they're not quite as modern, secularist, liberal as we thought. But that does bring us to the end of the show. Sami Shah, thanks a million. Thank you so much for having me. And you must listen to Sami's RN Earshot series, The Islamic Republic of Australia. So informative, so funny, you wouldn't think that one piece of radio could be able to achieve two things to such great extent. Honourable Dr Meredith Bergman, thank you to you. It's been a pleasure, James. Uh, The latest edition of your book, Green Bands, Red Unions, The Saving of a City, that's out. Kindle, I see. Yes, it's the second edition after 20 years. 
simply um, because it was still uh, in demand. I'm very pleased. And uh, uh, working on a book as well about the yeah. radical 60s. Yes, called Talking About Our Generation. Well, it's time to bid our godless apostates farewell. Rest assured, next week we will return to a Believers panel. But until then, you be good. God forbid. God forbid.